Throughout the scripture that leads us to the birth of Jesus, we hear story after story that includes signs that occur to seize the attention of those whose lives will be transformed by what is about to happen. Signs that lead to epiphanies. An epiphany, a moment in which you suddenly see or understand something in a new or very clear way. An angel appears to Mary, a sign that the babe she is carrying is a miracle. Joseph, who thinks Mary has betrayed him, is about to abandon her, but sees in his dream and stands by her side instead. Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, knows that Mary is carrying the Son of God before she even tells her, because the baby in Elizabeth's womb jumps the moment Mary enters the room. Even the shepherds are told by an angel of the Lord that this child about to be born will be a sign for them. The babe is the Messiah, the Lord. And thankfully, they all paid attention to the signs given them, including the wise men who follow a star and heed the warning in their dreams, as we hear in the Gospel of Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen on its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Dreams and visions, angels and heavenly choirs, babies leaping in their mama's wombs, a star so bright no one could deny it was something special, all, <coughs> excuse me, all beautiful signs leading to clear revelations of God at work in the world. And now I can add slaw to the list of heavenly signs. Yes, you heard it right, slaw. You know, two bags of cabbage, some Hellman's mayonnaise, and a touch of honey to sweeten. It suddenly and unexpectedly brought me to tears. It was the 23rd of December. I never make slaw this time of year, but for some reason I had abruptly changed my mind at the last moment about what dish I was going to bring to Cousin's Christmas in St. Louis, my hometown. Slaw was the dish that my family, and I mean all my family, 
siblings, aunts, uncles, and cousins always agreed that my mom made the best slaw anyone had ever tasted. But none of us, of course, have been able to replicate it exactly because, of course, she didn't have a recipe, just a list of ingredients and vague instructions like, you know, a bit of this and a bit of that. Well, the 23rd of December, 2019, marked the 15th anniversary of my mom's death. And making that slaw took my breath away. And the grief washed over me like it hadn't for quite a while. But the epiphany was this. You see, I've learned some things about my mom's health since her death that have caused me to feel somewhat unsettled. But in that moment of stirring that slaw, God seemed to whisper to me, your mom is at peace, and you can be too. And like the honey sweetened the sharpness of that cabbage, this sign, this epiphany, this God moment softened the edges of my grief, and I was able to smile and warmly remember all that my dear mom has always meant to me. God's amazing grace revealed itself to me in a simple bowl of slaw. While we may not have visions, angels may not appear for us, and the stars may not shine so bright that we're willing to travel to the ends of the earth. But God gives us signs every day of God's presence in our world, every day. But are we paying attention? The wise men give us this exotic, picturesque story of men going off not knowing what they would find. They simply trusted that the star in the sky was a sign that they had to follow. But as one author suggests, we should be doing the same. I love his urging us to look for signs in this way. He writes, pirouette on your tippy toes and look for wonder, for inspiration, for revelation as we live into God's future, for Jesus came to make all things new. When was the last time you danced on tippy toes searching for wonder? When have you had sudden moments of clarity? Of course, sometimes these moments of transcendence can make us uneasy. They may make us ask difficult questions about our way of life. For some, such experiences of God so threatens our lives that we refuse to listen or respond. Or as one poet put it, God calls something new may cause us to seal up our souls. Ironically, or perhaps not, I ran across this quote about sealing up our souls around the same time I discovered the beautiful artwork on the cover of our bulletin this morning. The name of this piece is Awake My Soul. This wondrous epiphany star is meant to awaken our souls. Gaze at this piece of art for a moment, will you? What colors do you see? If you could touch the original, what would you feel? What does the paint smell like? What do the artist's hands look like as he applies paint to canvas? What awakens in your soul? Well, we hear Jesus repeatedly reminding his disciples to stay awake, to be alert. Are we awake? 
Are we alert to the signs of God around us? We move through our days so carelessly sometimes, don't we? Not paying attention to the miracles that surround us, caught up in the grind, if you will, of everyday living, regretting what we did or didn't do yesterday, and worrying about the days ahead, missing the holy signs that may be right before us. But Jesus begs for us to pay attention to the here and now. I think in modern language, we would hear Jesus calling us to be mindful. Mindfulness is maintaining a moment-by-moment awareness of our thoughts, feelings, bodily sensations, and surrounding environment through a gentle, nurturing lens. When we practice mindfulness, our thoughts tune in to what we're sensing in the present rather than rehashing the past or worrying about the future. Epiphany reminds us to be mindful, to pay attention, to pay attention to the beautiful light, a shining star, the face of an innocent child, the sorrow that radiates from the eyes of your grieving neighbor, the apology that needs to be spoken. Epiphany reminds us to taste the sweetness of that crisp apple, to notice the warmth of a hug, to listen with an open mind to someone who may have an opinion unlike our own. Epiphany reminds us to greet every day with wonder and awe at these bodies of ours that were created in God's image. Well, given our city living, the stars may not shine as brightly or as clearly as they did for the wise men, but the signs, the stars, they're there. They're all around us. And I'm actually hoping that you will take the bulletin home with you today as a visual reminder to be on the lookout for those signs, to practice being as wise as those magi of long ago. Pin it on a bulletin board or lay it on your nightstand as a reminder to begin every day in search of a bright star. Well, we often light candles as a holy remembrance as well. Throughout Advent, we light the candles every week to remind us of Jesus' promises of hope and peace and love and joy. And of course, on Christmas, we light the Christ candle. But then we pack away the Advent wreaths and toss the spent candles But here at church, we keep lighting the Christ candle every Sunday. This candle is meant to remind us of Christ's presence here with us. The light of the world as we heard proclaimed by the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah reminds us to stay alert as well. Lift up your eyes and look around. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice. While in many traditions, at the close of worship, the light stick that carries the light in is relit by the Christ candle, and the acolyte carries the light out of the sanctuary as a sign that we are to leave this place and carry the light of Christ into the world. Not only are we meant to be on the lookout for the presence of God, but we are created to be the presence of God in the world. We were made for such a time as this. As Madeline LaIngle writes, we do not draw people to Christ by loudly discrediting what they believe, by telling them how wrong they are and how right we are, but by showing them a light that is so lovely 
that they want with all their hearts to know the source of it. Source of it. Jesus calls us to be that lovely light in the world. Epiphany reminds us to be mindful of the signs, even or maybe especially if it's a seemingly mundane sign like a bowl of cabbage. A wondrous God, awaken our souls. Move us to follow stars. Inspire us to move through the world using all of our senses to taste and feel and see with wonder and awe. Well, perhaps this epiphany will begin a new tradition of continuing to light a Christ candle in our homes. It could be as something as simple as this. And as we pray, and as we light the candle, we could pray, O God, awaken my soul. And let me see and feel and touch your presence today. And as I light this candle, help me also become your light bearer. May it be so.